ever come back in them? Did you ever come back smelling all good, taking showers and shit like that, all right? You don't appreciate that down here, bro, fat bro. What's next? What's happening, everybody? We back. Quick episode today, right? Got that intro music playing there. Man. It's going to be a great episode today. It's going to be a short one, though. You know, we're... Starting to expand. Uh, woke up today. Um, just checked uh, the place on the old the uh, last episode, right? And I didn't see uh, anybody had played it. So um, make sure to give that some support. That's a really good episode. Probably my best episode to date. But hey, we're trying to top it today. You know, because as I said, this is a work in progress, and we keep getting better every time we do this. That's the goal, right? So I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. I normally come into these things and I know what I'm going to talk about. So I think today it's going to be just a little bit of a, you know, why I do this, why I, um, and just some life stuff. I don't really have a, a certain, a certain sports take or something that I want to get on here and talk about, but you know, I'm, I'm real, uh, I, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good today. Uh, you know, it's been kind of a tradition on here to, to just let everybody know about, you know, how, how bad my workout was and how, how trash I feel after it. Um, not going to do that today because we're going to keep it positive. Uh, Nuggets did end up winning last night. They ended up winning against the, uh, what's it called? Uh, Philadelphia 76ers beat them 104 to 95. Handed the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia 76ers, a loss. I believe Michael Porter had like 27 in this game. Murray had a uh, Murray had 30. Um, that's great. Uh, it, it's always great to see your team succeed. Uh, be, and uh, it, just another thing, when your team eventually becomes relevant. So one of the biggest. Uh, success stories of this year was the Charlotte Hornets, right? And the New York Knicks. Uh, these two irrelevant franchises have been terrible for the last, you know, however long I've been watching basketball, other than that one year in uh, in uh, 2013 there where uh, Carmelo Anthony was on the Knicks and, you know, they got to the second round. And that was one of my favorite teams personally. I would cheer. I went to the Garden one year there, cheered on Melo. Of course, I had my Denver jersey on. So, I, you know, I'm kind of stuck out like a store thumb in there. You know, I was really the only, you know, I was eight at the time, man. I'm only one really cheering for Melo at that period of time that was in Denver and, and the, the, the Denver uh, moved out of Colorado by this point. Um, and, you know, people down there just didn't like him. You know, I remember cheering for him in his first game back when everybody else was really booing him because he had just been flipped at the trade deadline. Um, yeah, it was tough. It was very tough uh, to get to to see your your franchise player leave, and it, it's all it's even worse to see your team suck. So you know, contenders for the last eight years, Houston, Toronto, uh, they're all going into a downward spiral right now, and they're going to be headed towards that rebuild. They're going to be hitting that lottery. So we're going to see uh, how those fans react to 
to stars leaving their city and everything uh, and relevance leaving. But the Charlotte Hornets and the New York Knicks have made great advances. They are relevant now. And I really want to I really want to shout out uh, what Michael Jordan and uh, Tom Thibodeau have done in their respective cities, because I think it's really admirable. You get those are really two two real dedicated fan bases, two great basketball cities. You know, obviously North Carolina being the heart of college basketball and New York being the heart of basketball, period. So we, uh, you know, I live in New York, so I've always got a soft spot in my heart for the Knicks. Um, I did cheer for them a little bit, you know, when Carmelo went there. Uh, they were always my second favorite team. Never really like a team that I would care if they lost, but I would be happy if they won. So uh, those two fan bases, congratulations, your team is good. Um, another fan base who's really dedicated, Sacramento. Uh, and their, their new young star, Tyrese Halliburton, has moved above Anthony Edwards in the Rookie of the Year ladder. Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, Anthony Edwards. What? Yeah, so in fact, uh, Anthony Edwards has been moved down. Whoa, this is heavy. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Anthony Edwards. Thought he was had the highest uh really thought he had the highest um upside coming into the draft and and uh it's 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 uh I, th I still stand by that. I still think Anthony Edwards is going to be the best player of this draft. And, I mean, he's going to have some – he's going to have some some uh, some real competition there with uh, LaMelo Ball down in Charlotte. Uh, but it does seem that the, the NBA is, is actually limiting uh, the – support with Anthony Edwards. I mean, he makes one mistake. So, so here's his stats for the year. All right. He's averaging 17 a game. This is off the top of my head. So, so don't, don't fault me if I'm wrong. I, I checked his basketball reference today, uh, just out of curiosity, because I'm a big fan and I check basketball reference probably every day. Um, uh, but so his basketball reference, he had, he's averaging 17 a game, uh, on God awful efficiency, terrible efficiency. Uh, but that you would expect that from a volume scorer in his first year, uh, that is like Anthony Edwards. Um, the 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 um, the uh, the comparison to Andrew Wiggins is unfair because Wiggins did not have the shot that uh, Edwards did coming into the draft. Uh, Edwards coming, people forget coming into the draft, Wiggins was not seen as this offensive guy. He was seen as somebody who could develop the offense, but not yet. He was a rim runner, uh, not a rim runner. That's for big men. What the hell am I talking about? He was a driver, but he wasn't a shooter. The way that he was in Minnesota, that's not what he was in uh, actual uh, in, in the actual NBA. Uh, he, he shot the ball many times. Uh, and and he shot it with poor efficiency. Coming out of the draft, we all knew Anthony Edwards was going to shoot the ball terribly in his first year. But Anthony Edwards has displayed this level of confidence that is right. That is honestly, he's probably one of the most, I wouldn't say cocky players in the NBA, but he is definitely one of the most confident players in the NBA. Probably, probably honestly, probably the most confident. 
because he has straight up stolen Cat's spot this year as the team's number one option. And it's unfair because Cat is a better player than Anthony Edwards, but he has taken his opportunity. The new head coach down there in Minnesota has unleashed him. Unleashed him. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know, five years down the line if we're talking about Anthony Edwards in MVP conversations. That's how high I am on the guy. The guy is an unreal athlete. There's a dude coming in the put coming through the pipelines right now named Jalen Green. I love him as a prospect. I think he's a better prospect than Edwards. And to me, he's my number one prospect in the draft coming up. Um, that is a hot take, but something that I firmly believe in. Uh, I think you have to draft for athleticism sometimes. I think that if a guy shows the ability to shoot and that confidence that Edwards has, that's why he has so much upside. Uh, LaMelo Ball, to me, was a misunderstood player coming into the NBA. Uh, just as much, uh, maybe even more misunderstood than Anthony Edwards. And these guys are going to have their careers um, intertwined for a while now. Uh, like I said, I think these are the only two guys from this class that could become all-stars. Uh, even though Okongwu, who I predicted to be the second best player out of the draft, um, he hasn't played a lot yet. Um I don't know if that's going to be the way that it is, but I did. I was very high on Okongwu coming into the draft. Uh, Atlanta's not really playing him right now. I haven't watched a ton of Atlanta games, so I can't speak on that. But I have watched a lot of Charlotte uh, games because, honestly, they're my favorite team to watch in the league, uh, even more than the Nuggets because they're just so fun. Like that LaMelo Ball-Miles Bridges connection is one of the best uh, connections since – actually, probably the best uh, since Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. So – that's a really fun play. Uh, Edwards and LaMelo, to me, have very similar ceilings. I can see Edwards in his prime averaging like 28 a game uh, on 45% shooting. I mean, it's never really going to – he's not, you know, not going to shoot 50% from the field. That's never going to happen. I do think he can get his uh, three-point shooting up to at least – 36%. I think he can get it up to actually 38%. Uh, but he is always going to be a volume uh, shooter. That, that's just who he is um, as a player. And the defensive upside is there too. Anthony Edwards is an underrated plat passer, underrated playmaker. Uh, in my opinion, the best dunker in the NBA already, as he has clearly shown. Uh, there, there's this one that my favorite dunk from him all year is is that uh, he's had a couple nice dunks against Golden State, but there was this one where he just completely leaped over. A, I don't know if it was Pascal or Wiseman or, or or maybe Draymond. I don't even know, but just come almost from the free throw line and just soared in midair and hooked that thing right in. And he's a joy to watch. Uh, one of the most entertaining players in the NBA too, like off the court. You know, he's he's a riot. Uh, I love him. He's probably my favorite player in the NBA right now. Uh, I really hope they would succeed down there in Minnesota. Um, but I do think that the NBA needs to promote him a little bit more. And I think that they're trying to bring him down because Lamette, like Tyrese Halliburton is great. And he is honestly probably more important to the Kings than Edwards is to the Wolves right now. Uh, and the plus minuses would back me up on that. But Edwards is has is scoring more points a game and I know that I I'm saying right now Halliburton right now is a 
bet more important player than Edwards by a mile. But we we kind of know who's going to be the better player all the time. Like we kind of know who's going to have the better career. Tyrese Halliburton probably probably a role player for his career could maybe break into that All Star uh, conversation someday, but. I personally doubt it. I think he's going to be a great player, underrated pickup. I was actually saying for the Bulls to, to draft uh, Tyrese Halliburton with the fourth pick because I did not trust Kobe White. And look at me. I was right. Uh, Kobe White, overrated player. Um, but Patrick Williams has been great for the Bulls this year. Um, uh, I guess this is turning into a whole thing about the NBA rookie class this year, so I might as well run with it. I mean – Patrick Williams has just been uh, a good Swiss Army knife type player. I think he is also the he's probably the third most likely player in this draft to blossom into an all-star. I think that he may make like one or two all-star teams in his career. It's not really realistic to say that every young player in their in their uh that showed an inch of potential is gonna be like a 10-time all-star or something like that, because that's just not the way the league works. Uh, Imani Bates is coming up, you know, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, tons of these, Shet Holmgren even, like tons of these guys are coming through the pipeline now. And I don't think it's fair to say that Patrick Williams, who hasn't shown as much as someone like Edwards or Lamello has actually shown uh, just yet to pencil him in as a 10-time All-Star because that's not what happens. Uh, that's not how the NBA works. A guy can have one All-Star appearance in his career, uh, like Mike Conley, and still be an all-time great player. Not not on the level of, like, Hall of Fame, but they can be really good all-time. Like Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, Andre Iguodala, um, B.J. Armstrong. Uh, these, are some peop- these are some players that were one-time all-stars and are remembered very fondly now. Uh, Elton Brand was a two-time uh, – maybe four-time all-star, actually. Elton Brand. Was he a four-time All-Star? I, this is this is getting me really this is getting me really confused. I always thought in my head that Elton Brand was a two-time All-Star. I, I'm actually not sure because obviously I never watched Elton Brand play. Yeah, Elton Brand was a two-time All-Star, uh, all with Los Angeles, and he's considered uh, a great power forward in NBA history. So. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of impact that a guy can make without being an all-star. Malcolm Brogdon, perfect example. Very impactful for the Indiana Pacers this year. Um, and he is not an all-star. Um uh if we move down the list, uh the number seven pick, Killian Hayes, a guy who I thought could be something in the NBA. Uh but I never really expected him as, as like guard number one, like people were making him out to be. Like so there were some people before the draft that said Killian Hayes has higher upside than like Lamelo or Anthony Edwards or Halliburton or something. That no, that's a mistake. Uh, and Halliburton to me has been one of the uh, one of the biggest regret uh, the the biggest team that probably regrets drafting uh, their player over Halliburton is definitely Detroit. Detroit definitely could have used the uh, all-around just ability of and glue guy and and lights out three-point shooting actually of Tyler uh, not Tyler um, Tyrese Halliburton I think he shoot like what forty-four percent from three granted on on I believe low attempts but 
Tyrese Halliburton is a is a great young player for Sacramento down there. It's good that that fan base has something to look forward to. Uh, very loyal and Detroit fans, real Detroit fans, are some of the most loyal in the NBA. You just got to go to that city and you'll see real Detroit fans, and they are no joke. Uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton would have fit in perfectly with their city's, uh, you know, motto of big getting getting into it being like sort of rough and, you know, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton is sort of rough around the edges. Like he's not this big time flashy scoring guard, uh, but he's, 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 his play style is like rough to watch and it's not like flashy or anything, but he's a polished player. He's the, in my opinion, the most complete player in the draft so far. Uh, Lamelo, uh, yeah. Lomelo is shooting like 45% from, from the field at, on like 50, 15 points per game, 16 points per game. Granted, he is now uh, he is now injured, but he will return for the playoffs, which is going to be very fun to see. Uh, we'll get our first taste at Lamelo Ball in the playoffs um, because the Hornets are going to actually make the playoffs this year, which is something I did not expect. Um Actually, hold on. Yes, I did. I have it in my uh, TikTok predictions. I predicted Atlanta not to make the playoffs. Yeah, I predicted Charlotte to be the eighth seed. I did predict Indiana to make the playoffs, though. That was a a dumb decision on my part there. Uh, Also picked Boston to be the sixth seed. How right I was about Boston. Um, Speaking of Boston, uh, one of their – one of their players, uh, Aaron Neesmith from Vanderbilt, he was the last pick in the lottery. He's supposed to be like this big lights-out shooter guy. Uh, he hasn't actually been the most impressive rookie from the uh, Boston Celtics this year. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, another rough-around-the-edges guy, but he is able to do a lot of things, and he looks to be a good starting, uh, maybe starting, maybe backup, if not uh, like a, just a good sixth man for Boston. Um, uh, moving over to the New Orleans Pelicans, my, probably my second favorite rookie in the class, Kira Lewis, uh, Kira Lewis is not having a great rookie season this year. He's averaging six points a game, uh, on 41% from the field, uh, with on five, a shot five shot attempts per game and 35% from three on uh, two, two attempts per game. So the three point shooting is not that bad. Uh, it is lower than you would expect for someone like him who is only taking two shots a game. But I personally love Kira Lewis's play style. I thought, I think that he, 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 he does have a future on this team. Uh, I, I, that's probably as a sixth man because I want Lonzo to be my starter if I'm if I'm New Orleans. You know, Lonzo has committed to New Orleans uh, verbally from 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 certain reports. Uh, it's up to New Orleans if they're going to keep uh, Lonzo Ball. Uh, the last rookie that I do want to talk about here is uh, Jesus Devin Vassell. Uh, Devin Vassell is a guy who 
was touted as probably the best 3 and D prospect coming into this draft. And he's not a player that I have paid any attention to even before the draft. I believe he went to Florida State. I could be wrong. It's either Florida State or Maryland with him. No, Jalen Smith is from Maryland. So uh, Devin Vassell, I don't know. I'm going to look up his basketball reference right now. Uh, Devin Vassell. So he's averaging – Five points a game uh, in 37 games played. Uh, he's playing 17 minutes a game. 41% from three. That's good. Uh, unfortunately, 41. He has the exact same field goal percentage as three-point percentage. What? That's strange. He shoots as well from two-point range as he shoots from three. Uh, granted, this is on like you know, very low shooting. He he makes one three a game, uh, attempts two, <laughs> you know. So it's not it's not like this guy is getting like a huge role in the offense. However, uh, he is an interesting prospect for San Antonio. I, I do want to do a little bit of film on Devin Vassell at some point in time. You know, maybe watch a Spurs game. Uh, there there are some Spurs players that I really love. Keldon Johnson is probably in my top five favorite players in the league, uh, Keldon Johnson, and definitely probably my, probably, I'd say probably my second favorite young guy in the league too. Because uh, I wouldn't really consider Tatum and Brown young guys anymore because they've they've already established themselves as superstars. Um, another quick side note here. Uh, so now that I'm done with the, the lottery picks in the draft uh, that I wanted to go over, uh, I just want to give my definition of a superstar. So I believe in my eyes, a superstar is a top 20 player in the NBA. Uh, these guys are tough to guard. These are the type of guys that it's impossible sometimes to guard them. Uh, people like, it, actually, I do want to retract that because I'm saying it, they're a top 15 player in the NBA. I don't know if Tatum's a top 15 player in the NBA. I would think he is. Uh, however, there's been a lot of guys here like Zion who has cracked into my top 15. And to me, Zion Williamson is borderline a top 10 player in the NBA. And, and that's going to sound absurd. But the disgusting impact of Zion this year has been nuts. Brandon Ingram, his teammate, is another one of my favorite players, just a joy to watch. Uh, but Zion is unstoppable. He's straight up unstoppable. You can't stop him. The, the whole thing about Hack-A-Shack, and, and then it became Hack-A-Giannis, and now it's Hack-A-Zion, it doesn't work because Zion is now hitting some of his free throws. Uh, I don't know what his percentages on the year are, and I'll actually look it up right now. Uh, Zion free throw percentages on the year. But New Orleans is a bad team and a relevant team. I do think that he got a little too much exposure before the draft. All right, so he's averaging uh, he's averaging 34% from three on, on – on, oh, I thought he was <laughs> – I thought for a second he was taking uh, three threes per game. That would have shocked me. Yeah, so he's averaging an absurd 62% from the field. Uh, if you don't know basketball, that's really good. Um, and he's not like the, he's not, you know, 
Uh, I watched a video about uh, um, from Sporting Logically today about you know, how DeAndre Jordan would always lead the league in, in field goal percentage, but he would always just be in the dunker spot, or Chris Paul would hook him up with some alley-oop. No, Zion is taking the ball actively out from the wings and uh, in the elbows and driving to the hoop. That is scary. That's scary. And, 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 and everybody's, you know, really what they're doing for Zion is they're, 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 they're focusing on his playmaking skills. Oh, Zion's such a great playmaker. Now that comes naturally when you're able to freaking bulldoze people out of your way. The, the, I don't understand how LaMelo is now the new poster boy of the NBA where Zion like I'm not saying I'm not trying to make this a Lamelo diss track right now, but Zion is a player who has panned out. It's 100% panned out. Uh, now the best player on the Pelicans, um, an All Star this year, probably going to make All NBA as well. Um, yeah, people need to stop sleeping on Zion. I, I, if I'm starting a team right now, I'm taking either Zion or Luca over anybody else in the league. Maybe Giannis, but because of the defense. But Zion is is just ridiculously unfair. He's a, he's some person that you would create in 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 my player. It, it's it's not fair. It really isn't. Uh, if, and if I was a New Orleans fan, I'd be just ecstatic. Yes. So he's shooting seventy percent from the line on, and this is what's really impressive: eight point five free throws per game. Now, another guy who's averaging 26 a game this year is – who are guys that average 26 a game? I would think that, you know, Steph Curry is probably in that range. Uh, granted, Zion scores all these points without many th- – I mean, he, he is getting to the line a decent amount, but 8.5 uh, is not a lot for somebody who's averaging 26 points per game. You know, guys like Harden, guys like KD, they get their points from going to the line and in transition, where Zion gets his points. The the transition offense of New Orleans this year, from what I've seen and the games that I've watched, it, it hasn't been, you know, up to snuff. I mean, Lonzo and, and, and Zion, to me, like, will be a deadly, absolutely deadly transition threat. And, yeah, so Steph Curry is averaging 30 a game this year. Not 30, uh more around 29. Uh, he's shooting 92% from the line. Okay. So Curry is actually, this is nuts to me because he's, uh, so, so, so Curry is shooting five free throws a game this, uh, this year. Yeah. So that is, um, that is a guy who doesn't drive to the rim a lot. Um, let's look at a big man, Jokic. Jokic does get a lot of foul calls. Um, uh, personally, my favorite to win MVP right now. And Jokic is shooting only four three throws per game. Wow, I didn't notice that. Jokic seems like he gets a lot many more calls than he does. But anyways, the point is, Guys who score a ton of points shoot more free throws than Zion. I would imagine that Bradley Beal or or James Harden or somebody like that is getting to the line a lot more than Zion is. 
And that's because people know not to foul Zion now, but honestly, that's the best thing that you can do. He's gonna, he might hit the free throw though. It's not like he's an abysmal three-point shooter. I mean, he's below league average for sure, but he there's still a good chance he's gonna make it. And if you foul him in the in in a shot, I mean, he's he he is great at finishing through contact. So he's gonna get that and one. It's not like you're just gonna limit him to two free throws. No, he's he's gonna shoot a free throw after, and you could potentially get a three-point play on that uh, for New Orleans. That's you know, I'm I'm saying I, I'm so glad for New Orleans that they have this bright future. Um, uh, Brandon Ingram, Zion, if these guys don't win a championship, it'll be one of the biggest disappointments, uh, at least that I've ever seen. Um, well, what's overlooked now is, is that Zion, I believe, right now is having a better rookie year than Anthony, or uh, second year. Because remember, Anthony Davis was not good in his first year. Uh, I believe that Zion is actually having a better year than Anthony Davis in uh, 2014. That's that's nuts to say, but hold on. Anthony Davis. Right, so Anthony Davis averaged 20 points per game. In his, uh, uh, 20, he averaged exactly 20 and 10. Well, more, closer to 21 and 10 on uh, – 79% from the – no, no, that's from the line. So Anthony Davis is actually getting – in his second year is actually getting more calls. I don't know why I'm comparing them, but they are going to be the two best players in uh, New Orleans history alongside Chris Paul there. So I have to have to give him a shout-out. Uh, another thing that I've come across recently is people are – People are so quick to, to criticize you. And, and by the way, we're not talking about basketball anymore. Uh, I'm not, I don't want, I wouldn't consider myself a rap fan. Like I listen to maybe three rappers. I listen to Denzel Curry. I listen to uh, Joey Badass, you know, some, some J Cole here and there, but who I really love is Kanye West. I, I mean, he's, you know, he was the intro music today. Wish I had told you. Hey, mama, I know I act a fool, but I promise you I'm going back to school. That's the type of stuff that I love there. You know, late registration. And I wonder if you know what it means. I wonder, you know, everything I am. Damn. What's not for him? Everything. There's some words I can't say on the podcast in that show, but you get my point. Oh, good morning. I n- I'll never forget the first time I heard good morning. It was in like 2014 or something. That was what really got me into, you know, rap music. I was a big, big, big rap fan back in the day. I sort of matured out of that phase, but, but Kanye's a guy who's never really going to leave me. And I, he has, his music has invaded TikTok for some reason. And it, it's puzzling to me why. I don't really understand how how Kanye has managed to invade TikTok like this. Um, and of course, the cult favorite album, you know, who everybody loves, not cult favorite. I suppose the cult favorite would be Yeezus or like Jesus is King um, or 808s, 808s and Heartbreak. That's a perfect example of one. Uh, but probably Yeezus is is, is a, the biggest cult favorite in, uh, in um, 
in Kanye's fandom, but My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy uh, is a record that I never really looked too fondly on. And 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 see, my favorite album was always Graduation. It, it still is to my to this day. It's probably my favorite rap rap record of all time. Uh, throw in um, a few mixtapes by Denzel Curry there, and you know it, it. It's some great some great stuff on Graduation. I it it's it's not talking about. It's more educated. It's not talking about you know being a criminal it's talking about just things that i'm gonna be honest it's things that as a listener of music who has come from like privilege it's 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 given me that like a way to sort of listen to rap and not be just completely just disgusted i mean i listen to a lot of rippers you know uh I mean, Denzel Curry's got a lot of rippers, ASAP Rocky, De- uh, Joey Badass, but those guys are all, you know, they're not mindless. You know, they're, they're talking about some real stuff uh, that affects people, and I, I like that type of stuff. Now, this is a perfect segue because my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy isn't talking about anything. It's not talking about anything. People... People really want to put that album in the same conversation as To Pimp a Butterfly, which I find to be another massively overrated album. But uh, this is, in my opinion, uh, I, I I don't I like the Good Kid, Mad City record a lot better. I don't I don't see, but at least on To Pimp a Butterfly, he is talking about real things. You know, in 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 Kanye's Twisted Fantasy, it's not he's not talking about anything. You know, I love the song Dark Fantasy. I love the song Monster, but it's it's he's not talking about much of substance of, of anything. At least on graduation, he makes it seem like it's pop. Like graduation is a pop rap album, and I'm hundred percent down with that because he makes it overtly clear this is what you're dealing with here. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy tries to be something that it's not. It feels pretentious. Uh, songs like Blame Game. Uh, I love Lost in the World. But songs like Runaway s- would be so much better if they actually talked about something serious. Uh, uh, the song Gorgeous is great, too. But really, it's just going to be... It's just going to be... um. These people, they'll, they'll be hounding you every single time if you say that graduation or late registration or is, is better. This is going to be the uh, end of the podcast for right now. As always, follow my Twitter at DD88Hybrid. I'm going to go rake some leaves. Peace out.